You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan. This is a very special episode with some very special guests, Bobby Skinner and Justin Pennick from the Talking Giants podcast. I am down here with them in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, today is the last day of the Senior Bowl. Practice was over hours ago. In fact, it's 45 minutes to midnight. It's almost time for us to leave. And we're joined by Cranky Fan in New York, who has just come, gotten home from a Knicks game. How you doing, Crank? excited i mean i think one of the two or three times in my life i can be excited about the knicks in january so it's uh it's been a fun ride nine in a row 13 of 15 it's been fun um yeah i i don't want this to turn into a basketball conversation you know, <laughs> you and bobby can one comment can turn into a 30 minute episode so the knicks are back the, yeah the, the knicks are back uh yeah, congratulations definitely won't be the high point of the season and nothing will crumble down this is this is the knicks um wise wise words spoken by that old sage very true so we're down here you couldn't make it uh what did you want to know what what are your thoughts i want to know why you couldn't make it yeah you know quite honestly we talked about it and all of a sudden i looked at the calendar and you guys were leaving on monday it's like oh shit this is senior bowl week i think a, a thing that threw a wrench into it is that we you got sick in like late november and it mm-hmm. lasted until like late December. I got sick like right on Christmas Day, and I was sick like until the middle of January. And I think I, that yeah. really wiped us out. It screwed up communication and stuff. So. I was sick from Thanksgiving until New Year's nonstop. It was just a one of those bad colds. It just kind of ebbed and flowed from being good to bad, good to bad, good to bad, and it just sort of it just it didn't happen. I will be there next year though. So we made it. Um, yeah. Uh, one, one That's, thing, yeah, you're a big fan of Ricky Pearsall, right? I'm a huge fan of Ricky. That's he has been the, the most consistent part of the Gator offense the last two years. So that was, you know, when my leading questions was, you know, obviously I've seen all the reports of how well he's been doing all the routes he's been running really well and stuff. Just overall, what were your thoughts? And I don't want to turn this into an episode of what do you think about this guy? What do you think about this guy? But, you know, obviously someone like him, I have a lot of interest in, so. Let's start with him because he's a, a a position of need, I think, on this team. And you know, what were your uh, what were your thoughts watching him in person? I came away. I I I knew a little bit about him coming into this because I had watched him last. Year. He could have he could have went into the draft last year and chose to go back to Florida. Uh, prior to playing at Florida last year, he was in Arizona or Arizona State. Arizona State. Yeah. Him so and uh, Johnny Wilson were together with Arizona State before he went to Florida State. Ah. So I, I had been pretty intimately familiar with his game uh, and exactly what it is that he does well. So I wasn't at all surprised to see him do very well down here on the field. Um, but I'm, I'm curious about you guys and, and how he met your expectations. And you guys actually met him and talked to him. Yeah, we interviewed yeah. him for a good, uh, you know, a few minutes on Monday. Hated the cold. Hated the cold? Oh, yeah, because it was very early in the morning and it was so very cold out in Mobile, Alabama. It, it, he was so cold. To the point where I'm like, I don't know if you can actually deal with being in a cold weather team. That, that's mm. how that's how uncomfortably, <laughs> uncomfortably cold he was. 
I mean, he, he looked good. He was winning at all three levels. You know, uh, he got open deep a couple times, right? So he had some nice deep catches. And then one time the quarterback underthrew him, and then he went up and made a big catch. In team drills, he just seemed like the most likely – like he just seemed like the most open for his quarterback, right? He just got a bunch of catches, even if it was a little quick game stuff. He just seemed reliable, reliable for his quarterback. So, yeah, I thought he looked really good um, for someone who – you know, I didn't. I didn't know what he was looked at coming in. Like he had, he had as good as a week as really any receiver that, you know, besides maybe Roman Wilson. Yeah. He bailed, mm. by the way. He he left. He wasn't here today. Didn't need to be. Yeah, but he he honestly didn't need to be. He was one of the guys who had done really really well day one. Followed it up with another good day two. In fact, I think day two might have been better. Uh, he came down with more because he he was kind of underthrown a couple times day one. <clears throat> day two, he was able to reel those ones in. Uh, I actually, I have a question for Craig Fink because a lot of the highlights that I kind of put together from the 1v1 stuff, hands catcher. That was one of the things that we noticed. It's like, you know, wow, he's really coming back to the ball on some of these 1v1 go routes. And then, you know, there was, uh, you know, some 1v1s where he was running like out routes where he was like creating separation. But Mm -hmm. all three of like those little highlight plays that I, that I made, all of them were body catchers, not hands catcher. Was he a hands catcher at Florida? I think that's the one question that I have like film wise. Yeah, he was a hands catcher. If you see the one famous highlight this year, it was one of the might have been Sports Center Play of the Year catch. All hands. Um, he he was very polished as soon as he got to Florida. And again, when you started with Anthony Richardson last year, a guy that's not the most accurate quarterback in the world, you have to catch the ball all, all over the place. Um, you know, Graham Mertz is a lot more accurate, fall right where it's supposed to be. But having the the AR experience last year, you know, you have to be you know, you can't have the ball come to you. You have to get the ball. And he did a lot of that last year. All right, I'm sold. Yeah, and he seemed like, you know, I didn't watch a ton of Anthony Richardson, but, like, I watched that Utah game really closely. Mm-hmm. And he seemed like Anthony Richardson's comfort blanket. Absolutely. Um, and in and a, and a game like that where I thought he, you know, played from the pocket a little more. So, yeah, he looked good. And I think that might be what his role is in the NFL, is like a comfort blanket type of receiver who probably lives in the slot, but you can slot him outside and make some plays there too. He had to do a lot of outside with the Gators because they didn't have, you know, quite frankly, a, a outside guy. And we didn't really have a tight end either. So he had to be all over the place. So mm-hmm. he was a security blanket is, is the, the perfect word I would use for him. Yeah. So that, 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 he, he came down here and he did exactly what I expected to do and was able to close up shop early and head home. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I, get, I guess I have more like general questions for you guys more than specific players. Um, the, the big thing is when you guys are evaluating, you're kind of evaluating looking at, well, what do the Giants need? But especially on defense, when we don't have a defensive coordinator yet, mm. how does that change your evaluation? Are you just looking at specific players and their skill sets? Or are you thinking about, well, how could this guy help the Giants or not? Or how do you, how does your evaluation change not knowing, you know, what our defense could look like next year. Cause we had a very specific defense with wink last year. Right. It could be completely different. So how do you kind of, how you do your evaluations? Not a ton he- here, right. Cause we're not doing like full write-ups on guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and even if you're a corner who lives in zone and in, in your college career, you're going to be playing man down here uh, when you're, when you're on one-on-ones and that's where we're going to be getting like, that's where we're going to be looking at you the most. Uh, but I guess it just would be like, hey, all the all the corners are on the menu currently, uh, unless we went and got some, you know, man heavy defensive coordinator 
But I feel like the corners that I liked, I all liked them in man coverage anyways. You know, Quinion Mitchell, the Toledo, uh, Carlton Johnson out of Fresno State. And uh, yeah, so I, I thought all of them did pretty well in man. Maybe Kyrie Jackson, the Oregon corner, who's six foot three and long. Maybe he's the one guy who, if if in a zone scheme, I, w- I would be okay with him. If man, maybe not. I, I think that when we're down here in practice, there's a lot going on. So there's a lot of whistles. The field is split in half. You've got some trench guys going on something over here. Mm-hmm. You got wide receivers DB on the other side of the field. So you have to pick and choose what you're watching. Uh, and then the reps go, man, like it's, it's left side wide receiver DB. And then as soon as that reps over right side. So there's not a lot of like, it's just go like, you got to watch everything. It's a lot of scrambling to look up numbers the first day and figure uh-huh. out who's even lining up. So um, there's not a lot of like looking at things through a giant's lens, but after practice, when we go in, we do the shows and stuff. And, and even when we're not recording, we're just kind of talking. Everything does kind of focus a little bit more into a giant's lens, but this year, and I think most years that we've been down here, I would say other than last year, the giants are bad and need good players. So it beca- it's, it's a very good question to be like, how do you look at defensive players when you don't have a defensive coordinator? It's like, it, it actually gets simplified. I think it's like, well, we have, we have a clear needed edge, no matter what the scheme is. We have a clear needed opposite corner, no matter what the scheme is. Xavier McKinney's leaving. Like we need a very good safety or a very good corner or a very good edge on defense. That is a need. So if somebody down here is very good at one of those positions, which I think the the clear cut winner would be Kenyon Mitchell, the Toledo corner. It's easy to be like, I don't really care what defense. If you can't get something out of Kenyon Mitchell, I'd be pretty surprised. So it kind of goes that way, I think. And even without a defensive coordinator, I mean, I think we know that Shane likes to draft athletes, and this is offense and defense, where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to bring up the, the relative athletic score here, but, you know, if you have, if you, like, look at a guy, it's like, wow, this guy's an athlete, and he, and he tests well, um, that's the guy that, you know, Shane usually has drafted a lot on day one and day two. Um, you know, even look at, you know, Deontay Banks is a, is a player that's scheme versatile, obviously Jalen Hyatt. Um, you know, and what we basically did on Talking Giants tonight, we kind of came to an consensus, consensus that Xavier Leggett, the mm-hmm. wide receiver out of South Carolina, mm-hmm. we kind of mm-hmm. said, like, not really a fit for what the Giants are trying to do on the offensive side of the ball. So kind of came to that consensus based on, you know, kind of what he's done on film and what he's done this week down here in Mobile. So even though, yeah, we're not, I don't think we're thinking about that necessarily in the moment, but then we all kind of came together, talked about the player, full eval of this week, full evaluation of this week, and came to that, like, maybe, yeah, probably not the fit for the Giants. I think wide receiver actually was the most effective we looked at these guys for the Giants because the Giants have a a nice crew of decent receivers, right? but you want that wide receiver one. And I don't think any of the guys down here were that. So I think the conversation becomes like, yeah, yeah. Is this guy a second round pick? Sure. But I don't know if I want the giants taking him in the second round. So it kind of becomes a thing like, okay, which of these guys fall to maybe the late third or early fourth. And then it's like, okay, I'm just taking, I'm just taking the guy who I think is the best chance to be a good player. So I guess thinking about that, if there's like, you know, think of the three levels of the draft, you know, you're, you know, super high pick your mid round and then your your day three guy was there anybody that in particular for each of those different subsets you were like i could see that being a good fit for the Giants, something i would want i mean just because again i don't want to go into every player you saw but the guys that stood out from like those three levels of 
of draftability or talent, maybe from each side of the ball or, or one in particular? Super high picks, I think, is easy because none of the quarterbacks down here look like they should be drafted at number six. So mm-hmm. I, I got to down here. The only one that's even remotely in contention, I think, at six would be Mitchell. Am I wrong? Is there someone I'm blanking on? No, no, no. And I don't think so, the Giants are taking a Yeah, so the, there's really no super high picks down here. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's fair. I, mean, I guess the tackle. Is a, yeah, yeah. I think I, th- I think Fuaga out of Oregon State Fuaga, could, could yeah, get yeah. into that conversation. The Oregon mm-hmm. State uh, offensive tackle. Yeah, that's actually a good one. Um, is he a right tackle or a left tackle? Left, but he played both down here. So. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um. For, I also a, think Christian Haynes, the guard out of UConn, he looked really, really good. And, and I think that's got to be – I think a lot of teams are coming out of here thinking, like, I hope this guy falls to my spot in the second round. Right. Mm-hmm. And and, and I, that's actually what I was going to say. I think the, the top of the second round is a really, really good marker because that's usually first-round talent that should not have fallen to this point, exactly like Xavier McKinney. And yeah, I would even say Landon Collins before him. So Christian Haynes, I think that's where a lot of this is more clear cut is day two and into early day three. And there's kind of a cluster, I would say, of of Christian Haynes. There's a couple of tackles like Patrick Paul from Houston, I think might be a guy that you can bring in and, uh, you know, either compete for right tackle or just be your backup ta- or whatever. Um, yeah, a lot of offensive linemen. Uh, also, uh, Jackson Powers Johnson's another one that would be at the top of um day two that's the oregon center but has guard center uh versatility so say adams the, I say, giants, yeah. uh, the giants met with him twice this week it's a guard from illinois mm-hmm. he looked like an, a monster uh down here as well so when you guys are watching the the scrimmages and all the were you watching offensive guys more in defense or what was your kind of focus or were you just looking at everything looking for winners uh, honestly like you, you look at the map just looking at matchups, really. Yeah. Like you one on one, obviously, you're looking at both. And then when teams are, you kind of got to focus in on, like, okay, which which players am I looking at matching up right here, whether it's a corner and receiver or or sometimes you're looking at the offensive defensive line, just say, I want to see what this side does. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I think our eyes all gravitate towards offense a little more, though, in, in general. Yeah. That feels like when we go to camp, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, look at that play. Look at this guy who who wins the battle or something. I'm, you know, for things like senior, I'm more curious of looking under the hood, like what you guys are doing there. And like, have you heard anything that's been kind of like going on in Mobile that maybe we haven't heard nationally, like rumors or any sort of like things that are out there that giant focus that, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. One was that Kafka, they're not going to let Kafka interview for offensive coordinator jobs, which was confirmed this morning by Renan. And then the other one was I was talking to somebody and we were talking about the tackle. We were talking about Tyler Guyton, the Oklahoma tackle. And I was like, do you think they'd be willing to take like a tackle in the second round being like, do you think like, what, what is their thoughts on the Evan Neal investment? And he looked at me and he's like, second round. He's like, I think they'd take one of the first round. So I think the Giants may be willing to pull just that comment. I don't think the Giants are taking a tackle at six, but that comment makes me think that, they aren't going to just dig their heels in on their Evan Neal investment. And I, I actually don't even – I honestly don't hope they – I hope they don't pick a tackle at six. I think there will be receiver talent there if they're not taking yeah. QB. That, But I think they're going to really spend some money on in a free agency. I think that's the only thing that was like uh, Giants-centric 
down here that we heard. But, I mean, there was a lot of weird shenanigans going around along the league while we were here. A lot of coaching hires and fires, uh, coordinators, mm -hmm. things like that. So that kind of stuff. And it's, it's interesting down here because you have people from fan bases of all these different teams. So there's a lot of communication. Um, and that's actually a lot of what goes on, right? It seems like the Bears are, are going to probably stick at one and draft a quarterback from people we asked. I, and, yeah, that's, that's basically it that would relate back to the Giants. Yeah. Have you right? heard any wink news or wink updates? I heard something today about Dallas might kick the tires on him for defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's so that's kind of what happens, right? We're all standing around and we hear the Denard Wilson news, uh, the, the um, Dan, Dan Quinn. Quinn news, the Dan mm -hmm. Quinn news, and immediately we all start kind of talking and, and hypothesizing. And Wink Martindale was absolutely a name that came up and we discussed, but like we didn't hear anything because. It's all it's all fresh to all of us down here. We're not we're literally isolated away from the action. We're mm -hmm. kind of, you know, in a bubble. What do you guys think about Quinn going to Washington? I <sighs> didn't want him as the Giants to coach in uh, 2020 when we hired Dable. Right. I think he was I think he might have even been the last on my list or, or second last. Uh, I I don't think he did a very good job in Atlanta, despite the fact that they went to the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan was his offensive coordinator, yeah, and mm -hmm. they were an offensive. Their defenses were never good. Um, now I think he went to Dallas and and dis uh, instilled discipline in that defense, and that's what the Commanders need. They are the most undisciplined team I've seen, and uh, you know in the NFL last year. So I think he's going to go there and do that. But they are just so devoid of talent. Uh, there's the rumors he might hire Chip Kelly as offensive coordinator. Dan, like I was worried that they would get Ben Johnson mm, and yeah. then get a quarterback at two. Yep. To me, them getting Dan Quinn, I, I'm not sitting here saying like Dan Quinn's gonna be a horrible hook coach, but that doesn't give me any like worry at all. Yeah, mm. I, I don't want to say it doesn't give me any worry, right? Um, it gives me some worry, but I was mostly worried about Ben Johnson going to Washington. Part of my worry is that I, I think that Dan Quinn is a good dude to bring in to build a foundation and washington is an organization that has literally just blown the whole thing up everything i mean the, this team has no stadium in like four years or something like that <laughs> so they have now I, I, i'm just not a fan of a division rival that is in the dregs getting better and they've gotten an owner that i think really cares um he's a, already a sports owner for two other franchises and he's gotten them to be competitive he doesn't just buy franchises as toys. I think he's very active with these franchises. And he, he led a very strong campaign to bring in GMs. So th I think that Washington getting better is just something that genuinely and generally I don't feel good about. But it could have been so much worse with Ben Johnson there, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think the commanders could have done any coaching hard to get worse. I mean, they were so poorly coached last year. I mean, anyone would have – like, if – like, what other guys were they interviewing? Like, I probably would have rather them got Dan Campbell than almost any of them. Obviously, Ben Johnson, um, Mike McDonald was, I think, one of them. He went to Seattle. So, mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't want Dan Quinn a couple years ago. Uh, I know guys can get second chances and be a lot better. So, But there there's nothing from Dan Quinn's resume besides the Cowboys defense that makes me really want him. I'm glad that he left Dallas. Yes, that's a good thing. Yeah, I think that's for the Giants, like him leaving Dallas more so than the Commanders getting him. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying it's like, oh, Dan Quinn going to the Commanders is a plus for the Giants. I think 
the Giants next year should should take care of the Commanders regardless, and then we'll see where they go from there. But I think it's a huge plus. At least you know we'll we'll see how the next DC does. But I think Dan Quinn had those had those boys running. I mean, just, I mean they were just fast and between you know their their front seven and then obviously their secondary that's taken the ball away so many times over the last two years maybe at least they'll slow down the rate in which they're forcing turnovers the last two years because that was something that I've been waiting for like oh this is this has to stop eventually right because turnovers seem to be such a volatile thing year yeah. in and year out look at the Giants 2023 versus 2022 it seems to be such a volatile thing in, in and out and Dan Quinn's defense whenever he's led by Dallas no they just do force turnovers so I'm happy that he's out of Dallas for that reason. Yeah, I, I agree with Bobby. I'm not overly concerned about him being a head coach, but I just don't like the fact that he has all this divisional knowledge. And he's just going from Dallas to Washington. I mean, again, he he game planned against, you know, the Giants twice a year and Philly twice a year. Well. He knows he knows the Cowboys, you know, personnel better than anybody. So that's that doesn't make me too thrilled. But uh, you're right. You know, I wasn't overly impressed with him in Atlanta. I mean, I've been following Quinn since he was the, the, the Gator defensive coordinator, you know, 15 years ago. So and his defenses are great, but, um, you know, he's going to he's going to want to put a defensive spin probably on this roster, you know, just being a defensive guy. And that that always makes me a little worried. So. Uh, I, I'm a little bit more secure in you know, all of my uh, not fears, but just, you know, uh, I guess concerns about a division rival getting better. When you bring in a defensive-minded head coach, he has to bring in an offensive coordinator. And if an offensive coordinator does good for two years, he oftentimes leaves and becomes a head coach, and this head coach has to start over again. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that is a plus in and of itself. And And also, I I think that Mike McCarthy ends up getting fired at the end of next year if he can't – If first of all, if the defense takes a a step back, if the team doesn't perform again, despite all the talent that they have and all of the uh, in, in investments that Jerry Jones is willing to make to, to get a winner. I, I mean, that's a good thing. Dallas could completely fold in on itself because of this. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for that. I, I'm, I'm like giant fans. Like, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure there are some giants fans be like, Oh, they kept McCarthy. Ha ha ha. I'm rooting for McCarthy to get out. I mean, I, I actually thought that for, for continuity's sake, because you, you know, the mm-hmm. grass is always greener on the other side. There's so many NFL teams that are in like a very similar position. The Eagles were kind of like in this middle of the road spot. The Cowboys are, the Bills are so many NFL teams that are kind of like in that kind of same spot of like so many years where you try and get to the top of the mountaintop, but you just fall short. And, you know, it's always seems to be a team like the Kansas City Chiefs that's like standing at the top of it, which is crazy. Well, it's a big conspiracy. You know that. So, yes, (laughs) script. You were uh, you were asking us before about like our roles at practice and like what are we doing? Oh yeah, that's that's actually really interesting because yeah, there is yeah. so much shit going on because okay. we kind of have that down to a science now, and I I think that it works really really well. So the first day is always more chaotic than the other days because we are us and the coaches are figuring out the roster, and it was it was very evident this year. So for the first for the the first team that practiced in the morning, you know, the first day. Everyone is matching up against everyone, and there are some guys getting absolutely demolished. Like, there is no competition. These guys should not line up against each other. There was one, uh, the center for uh, Wisconsin, Bordellini, was literally on his back three times in the first day. And then the second day, they start matching guys up based on what they've seen from day Mm -hmm. one. And and you get to see the better matchups and things like that. So what usually the first day is a little chaotic we're trying to figure out what we want to see but we generally have a good idea on the players 
you know, I want to see this guy or, you know, the Giants really need this. So let's start here. And so they're, uh, not, they're not coaching, obviously, to, to win the senior bowl game. They're coaching. Oh, to get disagreed. The one team so was screen plays. Oh. Draw plays. They were just, they were running a quick game. They just didn't they didn't push annoying. the ball down the field. The, the American team that had more more of the SEC, you know, like honestly to me has the better talent uh, for the most part was just trying to win the practice, which was very annoying. And it's different every year because it's different coaches. And some of these practices mm-hmm. this year were garbage. Um, there were a lot of we didn't really talk about this at all. Um, they, they were there was a period. Uh, was it today or yesterday? Where I think it was yesterday. Where like Shea Tierney was just catching punts for like ten minutes, and they were all the players were watching the coach catch punts. I don't I don't know what the point of that was. I, I think it was for fun, but I don't know. And they ended practice early that day too. And today. And t- really, yeah. yeah. Well, today today's a little different because a lot of guys aren't here. Yeah. Um. So a lot yeah. of the coaches leave today too. Yeah. Yeah. We actually we saw Ryan Poles leaving. Um, at the gas station. Yeah, we thought about going to Ryan Poles, the Bears GM, and and Eberflus, and just and just threatening him to trade the first pick <laughs> to the Giants. We actually drove a, a, like a lap around him. We came oh, back. We were a circling him like a shark. We were we, <laughs> you know, you know, like in the Hangover when they just fucking get t-boned. We, we thought <laughs> about just, just doing that to him, and then like kid, kidnapping somebody and just being like trade the number one pick, and you'll you'll see her your family again. you'll see your assistant gm again <laughs> um so the way that we've kind of worked things out at practice is um justin kind of parks up top and sets up a camera yeah so it, it took you know maybe like a year and a half to really figure out where the best place to go and film is because mm-hmm. they don't give you really access to the end zones and up high so really all you have is the sideline and right, we're so... actually not allowed on the other side of the field no, at all, or no. the end zones. We can only stay on the one side of the stand. So is that like for NFL personnel on that side? or is Yes, it just... yeah. yes. so that's why they block off the end zones, and um, the other side of the field is where you have like the executives, coaches, et cetera, et cetera. Probably a lot of the coaches. A lot of executives are on the field, but then a lot of the coaches are probably up there. We, didn't, we barely saw any coaches besides Mike Tomlin on the field this year. So I go all the way up top. I go all the way up top, and I'm in basically on, like, the 10 to 20-yard line. I'm not midfield because usually they'll have O-line, D-line, 1v1s, and I'm that's I I record every single O-line, D-line, 1v1, and I'm good either if the if – the, as long as I'm filming the offensive lineman's ass and they're facing towards the camera, that's the most important part for me. If they're – like, they're the last two days mm. – the offensive lineman's ass have been facing the end zone and their faces have been towards me. So then I would have to bring the camera to the opposite side of the field. Um, but I kind of have it down to a science now and, and up there in the camera, you know, it's like a cheap little Canon camera, but it's like mm-hmm. really good. It has really good zooming and stuff like stuff like that. So that's what I do. And I'm basically I'm watching every single O line D line one V one at least twice, because then we go back, we grump and I, we go back and, we're, sl- we're slacking out a little this year, but well, you're not feeling great. I know I'm not feeling great, but we then we go back and we cut it up, take 13 minutes of footage, probably turn it into four or five minutes, cut it up, and we put text at the bottom of you know we go this, through the roster sheet like who's this guy and who's this guy? How do I spell his name? This player, this player, offense, defense, offense, defense. And Jeff, our producer, he's filming wide receiver DBs one v ones, so we have everything covered at one time. 
and then we go back and edit it later. We go through the roster, and then we learn a lot more by getting the close-up angle and getting yeah. to we can we rewind sometimes. Like, wow, that was a really let's look at that again. Yeah, so what know? did he do here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Bobby and I, we kind of pick a thing that we want to look at, and we go on a little adventure and just park next to each other, and we're just always communicating. Yeah, in past years, I was really focused on getting good like clips for social media. And this year I decided I was just going to really try and focus on the practices and get good practice just to make the shows better and not miss anything. Because if you're getting clips and posting, that's crazy. You get a few. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's you will miss a play if you do anything with your phone. Yeah. So we basically went up, you know, we didn't focus on getting down low and getting great clips besides one practice. And we just went up high, which no one goes up high when in reality, that's where you can see everything the best. It's more like an all 22 camp view, right? Looks yeah. down and and that's why I filmed from up there. But a lot of, yeah. So me and Bobby are just constantly t- like, this is who is lining up. Like we, we kind of just saying out names or like, I don't know, just kind of whatever we saw. And uh, yeah, we're basically just swapping notes basically the entire time. Like, Oh, you see this, see that, you know, oh, good hands on this stuff like that. Yeah. Now you guys have, I saw you're doing interviews. So you have like more press credential this year than you did in the past or. How was that? Oh yeah, we got we got hooked up on Radio Row. So Sunday and Monday we were there doing interviews, or Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got internet access at the stadium in like this little private area. But like direct line, in it, like it's like an Ethernet cable. So actually, oh. yeah, only like like there was only like eight p- people who had that, and it was like the Giants were one of us. So they set us up right next to the Giants uh, too. Um, so we were able to like stream from the stadium. So that was pretty cool. I'm, I got to make sure I uh, message them in like a week once it dies down a little bit and say thank you. Because we de- we definitely want to have that access again. And that's like, so I think it's like between the 40s. It's from 40 to 40, I think, that little section. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's like the roped off section for us. It's like prime real estate view and like whatever. And it's roped off so we can leave all the equipment there. We don't have to. Right. We, in the past, we had to like have somebody babysit stuff. Yeah. Right? yeah. You can't really dump your equipment somewhere. Right. Now you have like security we would, guards. We would bring all of the equipment in the stands with us. And then whenever somebody would move, they would have to lug all of it. Oh, holy shit. They would have to lug all of it with them. And bring it to the next spot, and you know, oh, but and then if somebody needed their bag, oh, where are you at? Oh, I'm here. So there was none of that this year. We literally brought all or or leave it in the car. Mm-hmm. We would, you know, bring it into oh, the stadium, God, and then yeah. maybe even bring it back to the car. And then after the practice, where we're going to do the recap show, go back to the car, bring the equipment back. So really, having the access to to the, I call I'll call it Radio Row at the stadium because we also have yep. Radio Row at the convention center. That's where we did a lot of the player interviews mm-hmm. uh, on Monday on uh, Monday and Tuesday. But Radio Row, like, at the stadium, just changed everything because we were able to get everything out so much faster, so much quicker. And, you know, instead of it being 7, 8 o'clock and we're like, oh, crap, we're just winding down now, it would be 4 or 5 o'clock. And we could eat food. And, and everything was done. Like, we, And it wasn't even like we were waiting for something to be released. It, everything was released and Uploaded, done. Uploaded, yeah. So that was really, really cool. Yeah, and, I think that actually changed. Like, we actually got to go eat. Decent dinners where in yeah. the past we're like, oh fuck, fast food at like ten thirty. Yeah, <laughs> it was like the first thing we ate since breakfast every year we come down here, except this year. Uh, Waffle House this year? Not for me. I got here late, but they went. Jeff and I. Jeff I and didn't I go either. Oh, maybe we should go for some breakfast. Oh god, we're gonna be shitting That's our pants be on quite the plane. A flight. I'm I got down. plenty of time. I'm oh. <laughs> I might fly down just for breakfast. And then uh, 
We did have cookout. What time does cookout open? Oh. Cookout's still open. It's too early. It's too early. I didn't realize that was... I didn't realize I was down in the South. The cookout's the best, man. I, I great burgers, great. Uh, the shakes are amazing. Cheap as hell, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, sounds like it's another successful trip. Uh, definitely, I'm going to make it next year. We'll try not to be sick, so we can coordinate and go. I mean, even just give another pair of hair, hands for you guys. You know, yeah, Craig. I, I mean, I, well, I would love for you to be up with me. I mean, just, just social media director yeah really because uh what you know what i what i do is i whenever i see something cool happen is i take the card out right away i throw it on on my computer and i'm and i'm plugging away and and i'm trying to edit stuff right away you know if my 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 thought was is that if there's somebody else up there with me if i see something cool happen i take a card out there's another card already in the camera and then that person just continues to record stuff while i'm well, I'm chipping away the yeah. with the week that that is double the output. Wow, how about that? How, do you how like about that? that? You like try that. in training camp and then do it for next year too, if you want. I'm, I locked you know. into well we, well, we can't film because you know there's yeah training camp. You know, there's there's signs, custom teams, signs that say no teams, filming. Teams might see that you know you run the same plays you've always ran. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but I I actually locked in. I I mean I was a lot. I, I wouldn't talk to anybody during practice because nobody would come up. So I, I I'm like I'm I'm putting in headphones this year. I I don't care. I I got locked in and you know had a, had a had a nice uh, hour and a half, two hours uh, basically by myself just filming stuff. Who who else was down there? Like other any of the giant pods or any of the what what media was down there? The uh, giant specific. I ran into Alex from uh, Big Blue in the Bronx. He was like on hmm. my flight, and uh, he, they went to town. They they did a bunch of player interviews. They they, players. they were on the they uh, shit on Bo Nix right to his face basically. Oh, it was, it was yeah. beautiful. They called him. They basically called him a loser to his face and said, "What do you got to say about that?" And he didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Can you, can you repeat the question? Yeah. Uh, the question was, it was long, so I can't. But I'll try and get the the gist of it is. So some people who you know watch the film, they think that you are a slow processor, and you've been, you know, you're an older player, you've been in college for a long time, and you just don't process the field well. Uh, do you do you deflect those comments? And he goes, he goes, can can you ask that again? It's like, yeah, guys, guys who watch film say that you know you don't read the field well, uh, and you know you don't you don't you don't throw the ball well. Like, do you deflect those comments? Like, what do you have to say about the comments? He's like, I, out of my, out of my control. And was <laughs> yeah. not very happy with him. Uh, no, but he he did a good. He asked, he asked other play. He was he was talking to Spencer Rattler too. Right? Isaiah Adams, our guy too. Yeah. It was just very funny to see him basically tell Bo Nix he sucks to his face. And and not for nothing. Bonix Bonix did not look that great. Man. Oh, he was right. He he honestly. I don't he, think Bonix has ever looked great. To be honest, he may have ruined Bonix's week. Yeah, I, I, I saw him in person. I think it was his sophomore year at Auburn. They came to the swamp, and he was nah. He's yeah. not very good. He's no, not, but as a, as a quarterback in college, he's very good for for a college. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to win games, he certainly won a lot of games in Oregon. Uh, but that's not what the Senior Bowl is about. So I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> that's not, honestly. Um. Yeah, and honestly, you have you have experience asking players questions and stuff like that over the years. Your time at Florida, right? Asking players? Yeah. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you would be good for that because you do have a lot more like college knowledge. 
college knowledge college knowledge college yeah um you would be a good person to have down here for the player interviews yeah i mean uh, more so for like what they're experiencing what they did like oh yeah in the in the 2013 nc game you did this and this so sure Love to love to set that up next year for sure. I hope there's not too many players here next year that were playing college in 2013. <laughs> um, but no, no, the, crank. We actually that actually would have been huge. They didn't give us any. The one thing I complain about the Senior Bowl people is they didn't give us any prep on who we were going to be interviewing. So oh. some of the guys we didn't have to watch out. We didn't know anything about them, so we're just having to ask them generic questions. Um, but and it ended up turning out pretty well. We could do quick. Well, you said somebody from 2013. Isn't that guy from Miami getting his ninth year of eligibility? This that year? is true. He the Senior Bowl needs to to just have him here just so they can say like we have a 30 year old tight end here, <laughs> like legitimately, <laughs> legitimately a senior citizen. Uh, one thing that yeah, he will up, change, he will change the whole meaning of the Senior Bowl. Super. Senior. Oh yeah. <laughs> Grump and I were talking this week. We were considering doing a road trip to maybe Memphis for a um, UFL game. If you guys oh. want to come along and join us for for a little roadie, you know what? Just I, I a I want to go. I'm I'm going to go to a DC game anyway because it's you know a really quick one. But I've never been to Memphis. I want to just go to Memphis and that would just go to a game would be fun. I want to try. Oh, do they like... play the Titans again this year? Because they finished same place in the division. What are you talking about? Memphis. Oh, we're we're talking about spring ball. Oh, that's yeah, like the UFL just for yeah an off season roadie because it's like a ten dollar game and why not? I mean, I, I want to try and cover it with like short form stuff, not like you know anything long form. But if there's like cool stuff that happens, I want to try and do a lot of like short form videos on it. So I, I may be down for that. We could do like just like a road trip and just blog the whole thing and, and, and videos and stuff, you know, Memphis is like a cross between new Orleans and Louisville and Nashville. And Memphis is also close to Nashville, which Nashville is sorry. It's better. So that's, <laughs> oh, of course <laughs> well, Nashville's a ma- it's a major city, but Beale street's a lot of fun. There's a, there's a casino right there. Also oh, there's sorry, uh, Oh yeah, isn't like riverboat gambling like a big like, I, like this? I I like historical. Tunica, Tunica, Mississippi is like twenty miles south of Memphis, and there's a huge casino there. You don't have right? to like, say, say less. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to say anymore. Yeah. Once maybe you, we'll you do, fail. Maybe we'll do the bachelor party there. No. Don't you want to? Don't you want to have your bachelor party at a spring football game? Yeah. Hey, I'm thinking about doing it at a NASCAR like truck series race. Uh, well, not, I mean, not my real bachelor party, but the Talking Giants bachelor party is going to be in Charlotte. So, mm. Charlotte's a fun town. Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> Tough. Mm. Wait, isn't that the same weekend as like uh, is there some NASCAR race and then the Indy 500, like back to back? Yep. Like- yep. The World 600 and then the Indy 500. And that's in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's where Mr. Brownstone saved the 2022 New York Giants because win some games. We kind of need him to save the Giants again. We're going to be force-feeding Mr. Brownstone natty daddies to (laughs) win. So instead of gentlemen start your engines, he just yells, let's win some games, and that's how it starts. Ribbles out some I had a horrible thought of, like, Mr. Brownstone actually just, like, dying at that event (laughs) because he got so drunk, and we actually have to, like, actually have the season in memory of Mr. Brownstone. (laughs) God, dude. That's the next step. If you drink too many natty daddies, that will happen. Those things will kill you. We'll have our natties at half staff. Yeah. 
half full. Yeah. <laughs> you, you pour out the rest. The oh, half. when Mr. Brownstone dies, which again, we all it's die. We all are eventually. If you don't think, if you don't think that there's going to be a mass pouring of Natty Daddies out, I guess that's Mr. True. Brownstone, you're out of your damn mind. Sixty-two yeah. years from now. Buddy, I am sorry that this is even a conversation. When I was in college, oh, I won. I mean, uh, there's a good we chance we'll die before Mr. Brownstone, and you know we're gonna have to ask somebody else to do that for us. That's true. Yeah. When I was in college, you get a keg of natty for twenty nine dollars at Publix. But these are not natties. These are natty. Are they not? They're like eight percent. Ooh, and they're, and they're huge too. Yeah. He thought they I just were had a thought ones. of like us being sixty years old, being like, let's win some games. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time thirty years ago when the Giants won a Super Bowl? We should get Super Bowl rings that just say "Win some games." You know what? Win some games. Yeah, that is what they should say. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be on the T-shirt, the you know, the championship shirt. Yeah. Well, the, we the, the 2011 ring said "All in" on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why the Super Bowl ring can't say "Win some games." Smart, tough, dependable. It's too long. Uh, yeah, way too long. Yeah, let's win some games. <laughs> uh, anything else for me? Us? No oh. man, go to go to sleep. Senior Bowl MVP prediction. Oh, oh. you said Pearsall's not there anymore. He went home. No, he went. You home. know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Bo next. I was gonna say it shit on him, so might as well. It might be Spencer Rattler. Devontae Walker. Spencer Rattler's down there. How does he look? You're Consistent. Fine. I mean, he, you know what he is. He's not going to blow you away with anything. Grump loves him. No, I can't stand it. But, <laughs> but of all the quarterbacks down here, he looks exactly like what he needed to look like, I guess. Functional, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Someone's going to be a backup in the league for quite a long time. Yeah, but like his scrambling ability will win him the three games that he's covering or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's not nothing, I guess. Any, um, Super Bowl predictions for you guys? Probably not going to talk to you before. Oh, um, jeez. I said 49ers over Chiefs before the season. I'm sticking with it. I'm I'm going to go 49ers. Uh, they just look more complete to me. Chiefs. Just not betting against Mahomes. No, and I, and I honestly think they're playing like a better football team right now. And I think Steve Spagnuolo will come up with something that will disrupt what the 49ers can do. I agree. I agree with that, but I have to pick the 49ers. <laughs> uh, you know, cranky wife would kill me if I didn't pick the 49ers, but I am the winner for it because she decided she didn't want to go to the Super Bowl. So that saves me a lot of money. <laughs> oh, so wow. I am the What's She that? Really didn't want to go? She went to the one, the, the last one in Miami three years ago when they played. Mm. Denny mm. King was there. The, the one down. Um, mm-hmm. Right before COVID, it was you know, yeah, literally the right. It's like the last thing that happened before COVID. Yeah, she was not, she not was sure. gonna go, and then like she had a connection for tickets, and they were like the connection was nine thousand dollars. She's like, nah, I'll just watch it. Oh, I was like, thank you, God. We went to the Guardians. Did you go to that Guardians game? Before no, COVID? I forgot that you did though. Snacks and I did, and then uh, it was March eighth, two thousand twenty, where we were at a Celine Dion concert, and we were like, should we be here? The answer was no. We shouldn't have been there, but we were there. Should we be? That's like the not, post nine eleven. Should we be here? The answer is yes. That's were we doing in a Celine Dion concert? Were you on a date or? No, oh, I love Celine Dion. 
We've actually been editing to Celine Dion. Yeah, yeah. We've been watching the 1v1s, and Celine Dion has been the main So artist. when you watch Titanic, do you tear up when she sings? Or is this um, real? No. Have you seen Titanic? Yes, I have. Okay. Good Good question. <laughs> A legitimate question to ask me. No, I, I will tear up when she sings it live, though. Have you I'm seen sorry. her, like, in Vegas I, sing? Or? No, I, oh, I wish I was, like old enough to like really go to Vegas and appreciate her. I was old enough to see Shania when she was at Caesars. Are you my aunt or are you, what is this? <laughs> Which yeah. aunt of yours? Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't one of our, like, I don't know. One yes. of our aunts. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm probably a grandfather of some sort and an aunt, a cousin. Auntie Penny. Yeah. Auntie Penny. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations Penny. on your love of Celine Dion. It's great. Thank you. Um, my heart will go on. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this because we've completely left football at this point. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, thank the you. One for, person listening. <laughs> thank you, A, for being up late. Sorry, Jesus. Um, thank you for joining, and uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're not here. It sucks. I will. I will definitely be there next year. Um, I want to help you guys out because you guys have done a lot of work this week. It's been fantastic content, and um, I know I'm gonna speak for all the talking giant just giant fans out there that we really appreciate everything you do so and thanks thanks you guys for inviting us down yeah <laughs> i don't know why you guys like us but you do and we we really really appreciate it yeah thank you and uh that's gonna do it for this that should be the tagline for the podcast i don't know why you guys like us but you do it sounds like a Celine dion song actually <laughs> maybe it's the b-side for my heart will go on <laughs> that's actually we we make draft hoodies every year i think we might put that on the draft hoodies. i don't know why you guys like us but you do too long that should be the giant organization manager when they give us our coupon for the free pepsi that should be on the coupon yeah. that, oh, that, should God. Be the, that should be uh, you know because we have to pay regular season tickets soon i just and, paid mine this yeah and that that should be the that should be the uh the confirmation email that should be the subject of the confirmation email like that. Not sure why you guys like us, but you do. And that's a real kick in the nuts after the bill. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you on crank. Are we going to take the week off and just do after the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm on vacation next weekend, so sure. Okay, yeah, so then we'll our the next Just Giants episode will be after the Super Bowl. Um, I will be releasing some Senior Bowl stuff. Uh, on my Football Grump channel. But until then, we'll see you guys next time. Let's go Giants. Go Giants.